Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Tonight, we have a very special extra live broadcast from Wild Ginger Running. I am thrilled to say that I am here with somebody very special. He is the author of already three fantastic fell running books. And tonight, we are launching his fourth, The Outstanding all or nothing at all the life of billy bland let me present to you steve chilton hey steve hi there hi how are you doing i'm good i'm just about to crack a bottle of beer to celebrate the launch of the book so uh, <laughs> join me in a drink fantastic yeah i'm gonna join you in some beer as well so yeah. we will i've be... got a bottle for just for billy it's a trappist beer which you may know if you like beer, made by monks. He has some monkish characteristics, as we may find out. <laughs> a monkish lifestyle, yeah. We'll find out what time he goes to bed in a little bit. Um, it's fantastic to have you on here tonight, Steve. I'm really thrilled that you wanted to launch the book through Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. Um, so should we just start with anybody who's kind of unfamiliar with the world of foul running? Um, who is Billy and why have you chosen to dedicate a book to his story? Right, well, uh, fell running is really simply running up and down mountains, and it's something that's been going on for uh, many years, and it was often uh, in the early days in uh, the North Yorkshire, Lancashire, and the latest areas. Um, Billy was a person who came along when it was becoming more popular, more races, and basically he was the dominant force in fell running for way over a decade, and uh, uh, he set some records that still stand now. So he's got a, a really good Palmares, and uh, uh, some fantastic performances, but also a very interesting character. I think the reason I wanted to write the book because I wanted people to know more of that character. And I hope that I've reached into that character and found the heart of the man by writing this book. 
Yeah, well, I started reading the book and I'm about halfway through. I did skip to all the amazing pictures, some of which I'll be showing in a minute. Um, but yeah, absolutely fascinating history. Such a character. Um, and it, it's interesting, this, the cover line, first of all, we have a question from Chloe, who's one of my patrons, and she says um, she would like to know how Steve chose the title. Um, is all or nothing or nothing at all, like maybe it's a mantra of Billy's or something? No, it's, uh, it's quite strange, actually. I'm a massive Bruce Springsteen fan, and it's the title of a Bruce Springsteen song, and it kind of, just to me, it summed up the character that I was writing about. Billy is very um, binary in the sense he's, he either does it and does it really well, or he won't go there. Um, and he's very much, his training, his racing, his lifestyle is all or nothing at all. And I, it just seemed to fit the subject. And then I did that, and then I realized a lot of Springsteen songs were good for chapter titles. So when you get the book, you'll see um, about him, one's called Growing Up, the song Growing Up from Springsteen, or My Hometown, Seeds, A Man's Job. All the title chapters are Springsteen songs, which is, uh, I just think it's a rather cool thing to acknowledge. Someone who helped me a lot when I was traveling up and down the M6 to interview Billy was listening to Bruce Springsteen. Ah, that's really cool. I didn't notice that at all because uh, like, I like Bruce Springsteen, but I'm not a particularly like a massive fan or anything, so I don't know that. Um, that's really cool. Um, is Billy also a massive fan of, of Bruce Springsteen? No, I don't think he is, but he did tell me as part of his things. He went to watch the Kinks in Keswick at the height of their fame. Wow. Or went on the way up at a very small venue in, in Keswick. So he has musical credentials. Wow, very interesting. I, we'll have to um, we'll have to ask him later, as he might be making a guest appearance if we can get the Wi-Fi to work in Borrowdale Valley, uh, where Billy obviously lives. Um, he is hopefully going to be joining us for a little bit of a chat in about roughly five or ten minutes' time. So hang on in there, and we will hopefully be hearing from Billy. Um, but first of all, a little bit more about you, Steve. So you've already written three books. Let me just get those up on the screen now for everybody to have a look. So you've written um, the first one. If you've not, if you don't know much about fell running, definitely get this book. It's a general, very comprehensive history of fell running. It's a hill, get over it. Then there's The Round, also about the Bob Graham Round, um, which Billy is obviously very affiliated with, having held the record for 36 years before Kimmy and Jornet came over and, and uh, broke it in 2018. So that's also about the round and Bob Graham himself. And then there's Running Hard, which is uh, just a spectacular running rivalry, foul running rivalry um, between John Wilde and Kenny Stewart. So um, with those under your belt, Steve, how hard or, or maybe easy was it to write this one compared to all the others? Well, it's interesting because uh, somebody pointed out to me that my books have got narrower in subject as I go through the whole of the sport part of the sport of the round, two people, and now down to one. Um, but to me, I and also it's kind of changed. Everyone, the other three are really histories of the sport and histories of aspects of the sport. This is a traditional biography, and it is actually quite difficult to write a biography of a living person. It's even more difficult to write a biography of someone as your hero, and he very much is and was my hero. Um, so it was a difficult thing, um, but I just thought, well, he deserves it. He is such an icon in the sport and in the area that he deserves it. Um, I actually pitched his subject matter to my publisher first off and they said, no, no market, too narrow. He's taken three books selling quite well for them to accept the loser market and it has already sold well. So it's, it's, that's how the thing came about. 
And then I had to persuade Billy to actually do it. I needed his cooperation. Um, and that didn't come easy, I might say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. tell me about that. How hard was that? Because he, um, yeah, he's not very, you know, he, he would never be one to kind of pronounce about his deeds or his amazing achievements or anything. Um, he's very modest, isn't he? He is, and, and I don't know that uh, my first attempt was successful. I went up the, the valley, spoke to him and Anne, his wife, and they, he said, well, if I say something, I mean it, I might offend people. I've got strong opinions. You may not want these opinions. Um, you may not want to write this book. And I went away deflated. I thought, well, I've got to be careful here. You know, I don't want to tread on difficult ground. I don't want to offend people. And then I thought about it. I said, no, I can do that. I can actually get the story of him, get his interests, get his background, and write a really good story. And uh, went back and tried again. And uh, yeah, he came around on the third attempt, I think it was. Um, but yeah, um, and I will probably ask him when he comes on how he's been making, answering all these, in, these personal questions about his lifestyle and his family and issues that he has. But it's been a fantastic route and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that will be a really interesting question to ask him. I really hope that the Wi-Fi works. Um, and so a bit later on, you are going to read a little bit um, about the book. Uh, you're going to read a little bit from the book, I should say. Um, but do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about your favourite part of the book? Like, uh, no spoilers or anything. We do want people to read the book. But yeah, are there any kind of particular favourite parts that you had? Well, to be honest, it's, the, my favourite thing about the book was well, two favourite things. One is the range of uh, topics that we managed to cover because people may not know all his working background. You may, they may not know that he's an absolutely high-quality stonemason. They may not know that he worked in the quarry at Onsford for 10 years. They may not know that he was a weatherman for many years, to actually taking weather recordings out on site. They may not know um, his interest in, in nature and how it's been nurtured over the years and how that's produced some of the strong views he has about nature and what he feels about the World Heritage status and, and the things that happen in Borodale. So I think it's that all that extra stuff that people who may know a lot about his running may not know about. That's what interests me about where we've gone with the book. And the other really good thing, and this is a credit to my wife Moira, is that you know, she's did some pen and ink drawings um, to illustrate each chapter. And they, they kind of pick up a theme of what's in that chapter and have illustrated each chapter. And they're, they're just fabulous illustrations. They just add to the look and the feel of the thing. So all credit to Moira and my wife for, for doing those. Yeah, I've just popped one of those up on the screen. It's really beautiful. Like she has such an intricacy to her work. You can really get a feel for it through those pen and ink drawings there. And it, I is think it that's lovely. Is it's Nook Farm. Um, oh, okay, that's where Billy was born. Yeah, and uh, the um, if you can see the Nook Farm sign, he actually made that out of slate um, um, at some point, and it's uh, it's his work, the signage outside the house. So yeah. Lovely. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him later and so are a lot of people on the live chat. I'm just going to, just Steve, to give you a bit of a flavour of um, who's watching live just now. I'm just going to read out some nice comments from people. So we've got John Airy says evening um, and Philip Haddock says hi as well. Um, Edward Price is here. He says hi, Steve. 
Uh, Guy says hi all as well. Ruth, uh, Ruth is here as well. Sandstone Press are actually watching, so Sandstone Press are the publishers, yeah, yeah. and they say happy publication day to you as well. Um, Guy wants to know if we'll be doing an audio version. Yes, this will be available as a, a extra special podcast, so people can listen to it on the run as well if they don't have time to listen to it just now. Um, and Guy also wants to know, um, do you foul run, Steve? Do you want to tell us a little bit about your running background? Yes, I, I, uh, I don't now, unfortunately. I've got a, a body that's falling apart uh, <laughs> fast around me. Um, but yes, I was a very keen fell runner and I've done uh, quite a few of the, the classics and uh, ones like Snowden, uh, Fairfield, some of those. And yes, I was a, a mid-pack, but very keen fell runner. Um, started from a road running background, uh, marathoning, and then decided I did a lot of hill walking and I thought, why not just run some stuff? So yeah, I did a lot of running. Uh, when I was at my, uh, what you might call a peak, although it's a very low-level peak uh, of, of fitness. So yeah, I've always been uh, very keen on it, and I've, I've followed the sport and, and knew Billy as a hero that I never expected to be sitting in his front room and taking notes for a book on him, and that's just been one of the most marvellous things. So yeah, it's, it's come full circle, really. Fantastic. And I'll be asking you a little bit about any plans that you can share with us um, after Billy comes on. Um, but uh, yeah, we've just got time for a couple more questions uh, before we try to get Billy onto the live chat. Um, so, um, so yeah, just could you just tell us a little bit about what it was like in Borrowdale when Billy was growing up? I mean, it was the 50s, the electricity, was electricity even there yet? So yeah, no. could you just paint a little picture for us? Well, so he was born on a farm, um, no electricity for the first 13 years of his life, um, born into a farming background, um, and basically a lot of freedom. Um, so um, they just, if you know um, Borodale, there's a, a plunge pool at Grange, at the bridge at Grange, uh, and that would be somewhere where they'd just go while swimming. And it wasn't called wild swimming, it was just going for a swim, uh, but <laughs> yeah. unsupervised. You know, it was, there was a lot of times when they'd just be out doing stuff, playing. And uh, He was a very um, keen footballer when he was younger as well. So, um, But it, he lived the valley life and uh, certainly didn't go very far. And it, his parents were not well off and he had a very, um, not, not, not tough, but he wasn't in a position to have foreign holidays and just lived the, the, the natural life of someone who lived in a lovely valley like that and eventually started running up and down the hills. Yeah, and um, from reading the book I can see that some of his family weren't too impressed with him running up and down the hills. They just thought, oh, he's just, you know, he's shirking out of work and responsibilities and helping on the farm, that kind of thing. Was it was foul running quite something that was kind of just frowned on as a bit of a leisure activity in those days? Was it a bit silly? Uh, yeah, very much so. I, I think also, almost at the point where training was frowned on. Um, you know, if you look at the things that people like Roger Bannister used to do, um, you know, you, you weren't supposed to train like people now train. Um, and he, he didn't in those early days. But yeah, he, he got told off by his family on more than one occasion um, for being on the hills rather than helping on the farm. Well, talking of his family, um, I'm just about to message Andrea, his daughter, just now to see if we could get them going on the live chat here with us. Um, so we did have a practice of this yesterday and it did work. So I'm hoping that Billy will appear uh, <laughs> very shortly. OK, so oh, I can see him on mine. Let me just see hey. if I can add him on here. 
let me add him oh there he is fully and we are both in here as well so let me just get Billy into the middle that would be the best place for yeah, him to be yeah. oh I'm in the middle yeah. never mind <laughs> hey Billy how are you doing can you hear us all right, Claire. Hey. Yep. The things you get me into. Hey. Um, can you see Steve as well? Uh, no, we no. Can, no, we can oh, only see a picture, no graphic. No, oh, we can see Brilliant. That's awesome. Um, so the first thing that I want, uh, thank you so much for joining us here tonight, Billy. It's great to see you again. Have you had a good day? We had a good day. Uh... Yeah, all right. Been out on my bike and uh, yeah, we'll get another ride tomorrow and get me 8,000 this year, 1,000 a month. So uh, that keeps me uh, sane, I think. Yeah. That's my, uh, <laughs> so you do a lot of bike riding these days. Um, as we know, I've been riding with you and you are a monster, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, but I just, just going back to the whole running days, um, I just wanted to ask you what you thought about this amazing t-shirt from Kong Running. Um, can you see it there, the picture of you going over the style? Um, what, what do you think about the t-shirt? And they had a poster of it as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, well, background to that was it was uh, um, a professional race at uh, I think I was 19 at the time. And uh, it was a Patterdale, top of Arnis and Craigland back, just straight up and down. Um, and that was me coming over the fence at, at, at the finish. Uh, I think there's been a bit of criticism of a family climbing the fence. Well, uh, that's how it was then. That was the route. 50 yards from the start line, over the fence, straight up the fell, back over the fence again. So uh, it would be frowned upon now climbing the fence, so how things change. Yeah, and so is that one of the races that you won? First one? The first, yeah. The first one that you won, oh yeah, brilliant. Actually, and, and what do you think of the t-shirt, because it's a little bit naughty, isn't it? Sorry Claire, I didn't catch that. t-shirt's a bit naughty. Uh, well. Um, Paul rang me off to see if he could uh, use a picture in an advert. He didn't tell us what he was, uh, how he was going to use it. And I said, I mean, if I can help anybody, I'll help him. And, uh, and then that's what uh, kind of amusing. At least some people think it is, some might be offended by it, but so what? Couldn't give a toss. I'm 73 and I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> awesome. Well, the main thing is that you like it. I loved it. I bought one immediately. This is my one. But I've also, I run a monthly competition and it's, there's one in the monthly competition as is a book from Steve, um, all or nothing, nothing at all, your book, Billy. So there's a signed copy of that in the competition as well. So, Billy, I want you to be totally honest. Um, was it good or bad? having a book written about you was it good about having a book written about you oh a bit on point about it at first and, and i'm still not sure but uh it's out and uh like i say if i'm not sure anybody will be that interested in please yourselves buy it if they want there is a lot of people interested though Billy, it's selling really well and uh, I'm just pleased that you cooperated and, and worked with me on it because it was uh, 
an experience, I must say, just going through your life and your opinions and your uh, activities. It was a fabulous experience working with you. Do you think it was a fabulous experience working with Steve, Billy? <laughs> Steady. <laughs> uh, like I say, if somebody wants to do something and I have no good reason to say no, then uh, we'll see how it turns out anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Steve was can just... Can I ask you a question, Claire? Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Billy? Um, you recently went out supporting a friend on a leg four or Graham round. Uh, how did that go? When, last weekend, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. How did it go? Yeah, how were you? Did you say? Yeah. Bloody awful. <laughs> awful. I'm not up to it anymore. I'm down I've got a hip that bothers me and I come down. And then it transfers into my knee, so um, it was all right for kind of blood. And then I started coming down, feeling a bugger started to hurt. And then it was even worse. Coming up, it was like a bloody old woman coming down. Oh, man, did it bring back some interesting memories coming down into uh, Honister of the day you had to stop on your own round? Uh, I didn't bomb. But I, was, uh, I, was, I think I come down fast after that time. Yeah, and I did uh, this time. But yeah. anyway, okay. no, I set up up there, and I could absolutely in the up mind's eye see it all before I got there. And uh, there's a, a couple of little springs in the back of the score fell, and I walked straight to them. I mean, it, it's just all in there from, from the days you've been over it. So, so I nothing new, but pretty uh, old legs don't work like they used to. <laughs> What, what I recall so well talking to you is how your recall of races and events was so strong and memories of where uh, checkpoints were on mountain marathons, for instance, and, uh, you know, who'd overtaken you where in a particular race in a particular year. You've got a phenomenal memory of those events, which is fantastic for an author. You've got good memory. Uh, well... Oh, yeah, I mean, if you if you set off in races and, and uh, you were going around the course then and you were going to be in front, then you needed to do your homework. And, and I actually think I had a bit of a knack for uh, a memory of ground anyway. Uh, I don't know whether that's bred in here or what. The, you know, generations of, uh, of people who are brought up in lakes, uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's like anything else. If you're really interested in something, then you... you, you you're better at it than, than somebody who's just half in it. Yeah. And um, Billy, have you got a record that you're most proud of? No, well, I'm beginning to think where things are panning out. Did he crap anyway? Say that again. Uh, I'm really sorry it broke up. Can you say that bit again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm beginning to think that, uh, you know, I've maybe thought for years that Bonnard was quite a good record and Washington was a good record, but uh, my God, I'm having a bit of a rethink now. I, I just kind of think that uh, I should have applied myself a bit better because they're going to get uh, 
I don't know. Just don't tell Killian that <laughs> you've done the Wasdale and the Borrowdale record. You still hold them from the 80s. <laughs> Maybe you should have done more training then, Billy. <laughs> ah, that's right. Yeah, maybe the bloody work got in way, yeah. So, anyway, you had to make a living, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Less work, more training. Yeah, just, just hobbies. Just a hobby. And, Billy, what was it like um, meeting Killian when he broke the record and seeing him on the way round? Um, was it an exciting day for you or was it a little bit bittersweet? Yeah, very much so. Like the man, he, he came to see us before uh, before he had an attempt and uh, I wasn't in, I was out on my bike, but he, he took the trouble to come back and speak to us beforehand and really took to tell him he's just, uh, he's just one of us. We, we do it because we like it, never mind what he achieved at the end of it. Uh, uh, basically, we do it because we like it. and. Uh, no, real good fellow. Pleased to see him get the record. I expected he would when he, if he was as good as they said he was. Took him a long time to come over, mind. But uh, anyway, pleased he did come, and pleased he's got it. And who knows? Some someday, somebody will. If the trainer's hard as Killian and not the background that he's got, then I do think it's open to quite a lot of people. But you've got to apply yourself like he did. If you want to be as good as he is, then it won't happen by accident. You let it work at it. But you, you paid him a really good compliment, which is quoted in the book, saying that uh, if you trained, and you trained hard and long, if you trained like Killian, maybe you could have done an hour faster, which is a really nice compliment to him. But you trained massively, so I'm not sure if you could have trained anymore. But nice thought, though. What ambitions have you got on the bike going forward, Billy? Any events in the next year or anything? Any bike Any events? Ambitions on the bike. No, I'm going back with John Natter and I said, well, not her. I'm uh, 73 and I'm beginning to, I'm keeping selling fair nick, but I've uh, uh, I've stopped trying to get any better anyway. I'm not that daft that I, I can't say that I'm, uh, I'm not going to improve anywhere at my age. And, uh, and I'm not bothered. I'm really enjoying my biking. Get out with some lads and uh, and yeah, have a good crack and, and uh, a ride about. I think uh, Bob Whitfield's just message and he's coming up uh, with his daughter uh, this weekend and his message can we go for a ride together. So that'll be good. Get together with Bob and, and have a crack. So maybe ride 50 miles or something like that. And, yeah. I think that's good going. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, so, B Billy, when I was reading um, the book, I was just struck um, how much time you spent in Borrowdale. And I just wondered um, about you. Do you have, did you ever want to travel like the world? I mean, Joss Nader went to Pikes Peak and stuff like that. Did, did you ever feel like, oh, I want to get out of Borrowdale and do some, some races all over the world? Or were you ha are you happiest uh, racing in the Lake District? Yeah, well, I mean, that wasn't an option. You leave school and you have to start work and, and earn any living. And uh, and swanning about all the world isn't, uh, you know, I haven't got parents who uh, were going to pay for me going anywhere. I would have to pay for it myself and I'm uh, quite tight anyway. I'll kind of look after my money and, and 
<laughs> and uh, happy where I was anyway. I mean, come on, come from work, put shorts on, go for a run, uh, dear me, uh, then get to bed and uh, get up with plenty of petrol in your tank, ready to go again. Uh, be it work or running or cycling or all three. Yeah, that's uh, me, I've been happy with my life. So. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, you've given me, uh, well, readers of Trail Running Magazine and, and people on my channel, quite some good advice in the past on being better at running. Um, do you want to just reiterate some of those tips that you've given me in the past? Um, I think one of them includes going to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that one. But other than that, uh, uh, I think a lot of people think that I, I was a completely clown for that, the way I train. And my answer to that would be, like uh, it says in the book, the more you do, the better you get. And I think if, if people keep a diary and look at the end of the year, after, after 10 years of their career, which were the best years, I think they will coincide with the, the mileage, the most miles they've done in that year. And if that makes, well, that's, that would be my philosophy anyway. Uh, and if it worked for me, I can't see why it won't work for somebody, but uh, as for fell running, uh, particularly when I say long distance, but didn't look on the long uh, three or four hour races, uh, probably heard me say this before, but speed training, I just can't get my head around why anybody would want to speed uh, <laughs> speed training when you, you win a race six miles an hour. What the bloody hell do you want to be running at 10, 12 miles an hour or, or more 15 sprinting? You know, there's no place in sprinting in a three or four hour race. If you have any any petrol left at the end then, and, and somebody was giving you a race, then you'd have to do your best towards the sprint in the last 100 yards, but you couldn't keep it going much longer than that, could you? So I just, yeah, I just can't get my head around this uh, reps and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've, I've heard that with your early bedtimes, Billy, I've heard that you have started going to bed at 7pm. So I think we have one more minute left with you. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you 10 minutes, but uh, you've probably heard enough anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was I was going to end it at 7. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to keep chatting. That's amazing. Can I ask, can I ask a question? Yeah. Uh, Billy, you, you said it when I spoke to you in the book, um, anyone trying to do a double Bob Graham round was nuts. I think is, I don't know what the word you use. Have you been following this guy, John Kelly, who's doing all three big rounds now and cycling between them in one go? And what do you think of that kind of activity? Yeah, well, I, I can see more sense in that. If you, if you were interested in doing something long, then, then I, my... My thoughts on that was rather than doing two Bob Grahams, go and do a John Kelly, or or go and, if if your name's Billy Bland, go and do a Billy Bland. Put your name to something different. Would be my thoughts on it. It's um, right, but uh, that would be my thinking on it. It's an awesome feat. I don't know how he's getting on. He's in the in the last round at the moment. So yeah, he's he's probably going to crack it. All three of them under 24 hours, I hope. So it's an awesome achievement. Yeah, I looked just before we came on, and he was um, yeah. a few Munros in. Maybe um, 
maybe Andrea will let you watch the tracker on her laptop when this is over, Billy. <laughs> okay, Claire, I'm going to bed in 10 minutes. <laughs> You're going to bed in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm uh, fresh and ready to go again tomorrow. So what People time? I think that's sad, but uh, roll call. <laughs> what time do you get up then? Uh, well, more or less with daylight, but no, well, that would be lying because it, it, it probably daylight at half past five. But uh, if it's if I look at clock and it's past six o'clock, then I get up. It's time of day and not many people do. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. It feels special at that time of day, doesn't it? Um, we've got a question on the live chat, Billy. Um, I don't know if you um, have got a favourite race Rick Harwood would like to know. A favourite race? Yeah, a favourite oh, well, race. Uh, yes, well, obviously the Borrowdale, but I mean, that's 20 years in or 30 years in or whatever, however many years it is now. I can't think, I wouldn't call it my favourite race now because I couldn't do it. I couldn't get round. Yeah. yeah. So, but yes, that was uh, my Olympics in a way. But, uh, yeah, if you live in the valley and uh, it is a fairly well known race now, and if you could, yeah, I'd rather win that than, than anywhere else anyway. So. Yeah. It, uh, do you go and watch it? Oh, aye, yeah. I mean, still help with the uh, dog's body that goes and puts flags out, finish, flag, uh, finish flags and, and start flags and bring them back in and, uh, yeah, and, and all as will as long as I'm uh, fit to do it. So. Yeah, the Borrowdale race is the best. And um, how has Borrowdale changed, Billy, over the years? Because you started off with no electricity and now you've got all mod cons, you've got Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me talking to you on this this contraption. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I even a week ago, I would, I would have said, "Well, no, thanks." But here I am. Uh, yes, it do change. Uh, things in Bother Eleven changed for the better, and I could sit here and talk for the bloody week on it. But uh, it's better. But it froze just at the right time. <laughs> yeah, you're back now. It froze just as you said you could talk for a week about bad maybe, things in Borrowdale. <laughs> That's why the computer said no. <laughs> what's that to you? What's that to you, Super Steve? Ditty water or what? Uh, well, it's, it's one of these beery things, uh, Bill. It's, it's especially uh, for you. It's a Trappist Monk beer for you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a celebration. It's a big moment for me getting this book published after yeah, good all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, I hope it goes well for you. Thank you. But, uh, crap subject, never mind. It's really interesting. Like, uh, like so many people are interested in your character, Billy, because you just say stuff how it is. Um, and so many people these days, they just, you know, it's all nicey nicey. They just gloss over everything. So I think it's just a breath of breath of fresh air. It's really nice to just hear somebody just go, well, you know what? This is what I think, and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great way to live your life, isn't it? Say what you think, and uh, I don't go around with a bloody nameplate around my neck or to, to say who I am. Uh, yeah, sad old world we live in. 
<laughs> so you're not on Instagram or anything then, Billy? <laughs> no, but uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Now he's in social media. Not well. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joss is on Instagram. Well, uh, a, a Joss profile. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's a profile for Joss on on Instagram. I want to sort of write under the post. Uh, is this really Joss? Um, but I, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> Is it what? Is it really Joss? Doing it himself. Oh, right. It can't oh, be him. Oh, you haven't a clue. <laughs> you never know, he could be a technological whiz. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we've got another live question, if you've got time for just a couple more, Billy. Um, uh, Ralacron uh, says, what, what did you used to eat before you did a race? In back in the day, what did I eat? Uh, get up, probably have cereal, uh, not much out, but if, if the race almost uh, three hours before the race, so that you've gone through your stomach, uh, apart from that, I don't think it matters much what you eat, uh, it's all fuel in it, and uh, as long as it didn't sit in your stomach when you set off, because you'll, you'll not feel good if uh, the blood's. Uh, go into your stomach, process food, and you'll go dizzy and things like that. So it's got to have gone through you. The system, like I'm not talking here as a doctor, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I pick things up along the way. And uh, when I first started running, I used to come have summer to eat, and I mean summer to eat, as in my dinner, and set off down that borrowed road. And you would meet her, it is in dark, on the on white line, by the way, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> and uh, you'd meet a car coming, and because with the headlights in your eyes, because the you stressing your system would you have just eaten before you went out, blotches in front of your eyes when the car went past. Yeah. Now then, I learned to stop having, having the dinner, and then I could I could run down that road, look into car lights, and no blotches. So. There's a there's a little tip for somebody who's just starting. Yeah. Okay. Do not eat, do not eat before you set off to do the exercise. But you're underselling yourself a little bit, Billy, because in the book I explain how you, even in the eighties, adopted carbohydrate loaded before the big events, and you are you detail some of the ones that didn't work and some of the ones that did because you fiddled around with that regime. So you were well aware of what what you were doing in terms of your eating regime later on in, in your running career, certainly. Well, if you don't learn so much along the way, then you're a bit thick, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Even, even me, being not the sharpest knife in the box, you pick up things and, uh, you know, a lot of people talk, uh, talk to me and one word that that really annoys me. Now then, I've seen a lot of so-called intelligent men with a fag in the mouth, yeah? Yeah. And about 20 store. Well, if they're intelligent, then I'm bloody pleased I isn't. <laughs> yeah. And how... Yeah. how <laughs> <laughs> and how important was it for you, Billy? Um, like, how much did you get from being a builder? Like, did that help you, that manual work? Because um, you've never had to, you know, do any of this cross-training malarkey, have you? You just did a physical job. 
Yeah, well, I, w- I would look on that as an advantage, actually. Uh, bending down, picking stones up, you're touching your toes nearly every time you, you pick one up uh, and then lift it onto the wall or whatever. Um, all exercise. Uh, muscles need exercising. Uh, so, no, I never, ever saw it as a drawback. Did it ever make you really tired, though? Tired? Uh, well, likely not. I went out training, so... Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> did I say about... What did I say about going to bed, Claire? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah you're going to be scandalised. You, I don't go to bed till like 12. <laughs> come in from training, have some tea and go to bed. So you'll have yep. to redefine well, that expression. Work, run, bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 But when do you do social media then, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... What time is it now, Claire? It's, it's ten past nine, nearly. Uh, We're going to have to say yeah. goodbye soon. What I do, what I do for you, special people, I describe. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks, good. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been absolutely fantastic having you on, Billy. It's lovely to see you because I didn't get to Keswick Mountain Festival. Obviously, it was cancelled, so we didn't get to ride together this year. Um, phew. <laughs> Maybe next year <laughs> when you're a little bit smaller. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you both and behave yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coming on, Thank I'll you. Bye, Billy. Thanks, Andrea, for letting your dad come on. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. We'll have to wait for them to turn it off now. There we go. That was Billy Bland, everybody, all the way from Borrowdale. How fantastic is that? Um, so we're still here with Steve. Um, so yeah, that was fantastic, wasn't it, Steve? We weren't sure if that was going to work, but it did. Phew. <laughs> what, what I love about Billy, he tells you when you're wrong. Um, I used to say, I'm coming down Borrowdale to speak to you. Is that all right? He said, no, you're not. I said, well, why not? You're coming up Borrowdale. <laughs> he insisted it was up the valley. So yeah, just tell me when I'm wrong. Yeah. But also, I tried to, I tried to write some stuff in Cumbrian uh, dialect, and he really ripped into me for that. So yeah, um, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Oh, we should have got him to say something in the Cumbrian dialect just now. Yeah. One of his best ones was, "You can't push a piece, uh, piece of string," which was I thought, you know, you can't make someone do something they want, don't want to do, which is a brilliant expression. Yeah. I love in your book, you've got a lot of quotes, obviously, from Billy, because the book is about Billy. But all those quotes, because um, I've met him and talked to him and interviewed him quite a few times in the past, I can really hear his voice through the pages. And if you've not ever been to see Billy at Theatre by the Lake in Keswick or at Keswick Mountain Festival when he does these talks, then you really, really must go and, and see him speak because he is just a really lovely chap and um, he just... As we saw there, he just tells it how it is, and he's he's an awesome lad. <laughs> well, just say, Claire, but I've done about three different stage shows with him at various events, and he always says, don't tell me what your questions are going to be. I want it to be a surprise, and that works really well, because he is a very intelligent person, and he comes back with an interesting answer to anything you want to ask him. It's a, it's a fantastic thing, and he is really entertaining. So, yeah. yeah, he is fantastic. Um, and that, I think it would be a good time now for um, us to hear a, a short reading from the book okay. from you. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be fab. Thanks. I'll sit here uh, with my book. I've got the book here. Um, I'm reading direct from it. Um, I'm going to go early. So I could have told you this is his upbringing, 
I could have told you about his family background, his father's influence, his upbringing, school days, and why he isn't a farmer. I'm not going to say any of that. It's a little bit about him when he was younger. Billy was born at Nook Farm, which is just up the road from where he lives now. He was born in number five bedroom on the 28th of July, 1947. Life wasn't easy in the valley though. The Blands didn't get electricity at Nook Farm until 1960. That is when the mains arrived after a long drawn out community campaign successfully lobbied for the installation of power. So that's the setting. Billy Bland and his brother certainly got a lot of freedom granted to them by their parents, as evidenced by something he tells me about attending the Wasdale show, which is way over in the next valley, as many, many people will know. I go with my mother and father in a vehicle, and Stuart, maybe David, that's his two brothers, and I would run home over the Stihead Pass while they stayed for a drink. This was when I was at primary school, mind. Which fathers and mothers would set their kids off like that now? I'm sure I remember it right, but I could do 46 minutes to Seathwaite Yard from Burnthwaite, which is by the church in Wasdale. And that's one of his memories of being a child and being given that freedom whilst he was a primary school. Amazing, isn't it? It is absolutely amazing. And just while you read that, I just had, I popped a picture up of Billy on there. Um, it's black and white, which is a shame because I presume that he had bright red hair at that time as well. Um, is that the one of him at school? Yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah. There's some There's some really nice, but I love how it goes through the book and you gradually, you get um, from black and white, you get to colour. Um, so if you want to see uh, Billy's actual hair colour, it's uh, much the same as mine. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a picture of Billy there um, with his bright red hair. Um, and then uh, later on when he's um, doing his cycling, uh, still, still, a, still a little bit gingery just there, cycling for England there. Um, I've been cycling with Billy and he is a beast. Like he's, <laughs> he's in his 70s, I'm in my 30s and he's a lot faster than me. So he's still got well, it. <laughs> His cycling ability is immense. I mean, he's, he's a podium standard age group cyclist. If he went to the world's level, he's, he's podiumed at the world's level, which is fantastic. Yeah, he is amazing. And he did say to me that he, um, if somebody was putting it on and asked him to go along, then he would be interested in doing the Land's End to John O'Groats kind of cycle ride. So yeah, yeah. If, if anybody is interested in that, then definitely contact Billy. Um, I was thinking, oh, maybe my dad would do it, but my, <laughs> my dad's not in the same league as Billy at, at all. Um, so, do you want another bit from the book or do you want any more questions? Yeah, you? have you got time for another bit from the book? Um, and well, then, and then we'll it could either be something about his early racing or something about his thoughts on Borodale. Oh, uh, should we go for his thoughts on Borodale? Just because yeah. a lot of people know about his racing and they can yeah. find that out quite easily. But this is a, like a different thing. And then we'll just um, have a little chat with you about what's next for you. Okay. Um, and then um, we'll leave it at that. And that's the okay. book launched. So this is just a little extract. I could have gone on about uh, the, the, the story about the weatherman is in the book. Uh, what he thinks about some of the agencies uh, who are operating in the latest thing and his activism. He's, a, he's an activist in certain areas that comes out that people obviously don't necessarily know about. But here's a little bit of the background. Direct from the book. Billy Bland has lived in Borodale all his life and has seen the many changes that have occurred in the last seven decades. He has some very stringent views on what has happened and what is happening in Cumbria and has a deep passion for the area and its landscape. At one of his talks, he was asked, about the Lake District being a World Heritage Site. He's alluded to this earlier on. His reply was, I could talk for a week on that subject. Just don't talk to me about politicians and that. 
The Lake District is seriously going backwards. Less wildflowers, no fish in the back, and wants sorting out. We move swiftly on at the talk as the audience were there for running banter, not a lecture. Later on, I had a conversation with him went like this. He continues, really getting to his stride. We could have the birds we used to have and going even further back, eagles and pine martins. I knew plants because I collected wildflowers as a kid. Now that's a thought, isn't it? Billy Bland collecting wildflowers. It seems to stick in me. If there is something round about you each day, do you not want to know its name? If I was born now, would I be interested in wildlife around me? Much of which isn't there anyway. So it's a very thoughtful and deep person when it comes to thinking about the environment. Uh, and he's got some stringent views, I might say, which are again come out in the book. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it must be such a shock for some somebody born without electricity to then come, like he's been on the cusp of all those developments, hasn't he? He's seen everything, like right from no electricity to electricity, all mod funds, everything. And um, yes, it's a much easier way of life, but is it better for the wildlife and the environment around us? Probably not. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like humans see it as going forwards, but uh, it might not be the progress that we think it is. And then um, I think that's going to pan out over the next 50 years for sure. Um, but anyway, um, so you've, you've obviously written um, this amazing fourth book. Um, which we've launched tonight, which is absolutely fantastic. Go and get it in shops now, available presumably at all good bookstores and maybe some of the bad ones as well. And um, I just uh, yeah, would like to say thanks very much, Steve. And um, do you have any kind of ambitions um, for a fifth book or, or any future um, type of books, any topics that you really want to cover? No, I'm retiring there. Really? Well, what you were expecting to hear, was it? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> you I can't retire yet. This prepared ad lib. Um, I, I liken my thoughts on that book that's just come out to what rock bands say when their new album comes out. I think it's my best work yet. Uh, other people will make their decisions on that. So I might stop while I'm on a high. But some things have happened recently that have triggered a really interesting thought for me to think about what I might write about next. And I've actually started the research. So I, I'm kind of, this is, a, this is a world first for you, Claire, because oh. I haven't really said this in public. Um, so the, the latest edition of Forerunner uh, was a 50th uh, anniversary edition. And Brenda Robinson wrote a piece about um, early ladies' uh, adventures in Forerunning, Forerunning and how it was difficult for them to get in. Very interesting uh, perception of that. And what has happened recently with um, Beth Pascal, taking the women's um, Bob Graham time, and Sabrina doing this fantastic time on the Wainwrights, which she uh, didn't want to become a record because of how she suffered and had to have a bit of support. But there's been some brilliant performances, Jasmine Paris's, Nicky Spinks's. So I think, and I have thought for a long time, there's room for a history of women's involvement in fell and mountain running. I always used to say, I don't think I'm the person to write it. Maybe it should be a woman. But several people have said, to me, and uh, that's, that's wrong thinking. And uh, so now I've actually started the research, and uh, if Sandstone are listening, a synopsis is coming your way pretty soon. Um, but yeah, so that's my plan is to write that aspect, um, incorporating stuff that's happened more recently, but also uh, the, the struggles that they had to get in to, to the sport and how they couldn't race. And it's mirrored in other parts of athletics with the marathons and the 800 meter limit and all this stuff. But I think, I think it's a brilliant story. And I have now good network contacts 
I think to, to get to some of the people in the early days and interview, um, you know, people like Carol, Carol Greenwood and Ruth Pickvance and um, and Helen Dimant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all those sort of people. So, yeah, I, I, that's where I'm at. I've started the research, the file's open on my computer, and I'm on a roll. So, hopefully, that's something that will come along sometime in the future. Awesome. I cannot wait to read that book in particular. I think just recently as well, there's been a real push over the last kind of five, maybe, no, probably five years um, about women's sport, women in sport, women running. Um, so I think now is a really good time to do a book like that. Um, and I think as a, as a person who has um, so much store in the history of foul running, I think you're absolutely the right person to do that, Steve. Um, you're great at the research and you're great at putting it all into a nice entertaining read. So, so yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, I just, just had a message uh, pop up on my iPad screen from, I think Helen Oyle's probably lo logged into this, this session, and she's saying, yes, Steve, go for it. So yeah. that's uh, a friend who's, who's given me a thumbs up for it. So that's even awesome. better. Awesome. Well, we've got um, several people on the live chat saying, yes, that would be amazing. So Guy, for example, says, OMG, that would be an amazing book. Please do write it. And Rich Simpson says, cheers for all your work, Steve. Um, looks for he looks forward to getting and reading the book soon. And he says, don't retire, please. Your new idea sounds days. <laughs> It's fantastic. Um, well, I just want to say a massive thank you to you for uh, coming on tonight, Steve, and for launching your book with us here at Wild Ginger Running. It's been an absolutely fantastic night. I hope everybody has enjoyed the chat with Steve and the little chat that we had with Billy earlier on. The Wi-Fi was sketchy, but, you know, he got on and he said some pearls of wisdom there. Um, so thank you so much, Steve. Good luck with the book sales and hopefully we'll get you back on to launch your next book about women in foul running in a year or two's time. Okay, can, can I just give a shout out to anyone who wants to know where to go and buy it? Yeah, um, sure. Sandstone Press, my publisher, we've got an online site where you can buy it directly from Sandstone Press, uh, Google for them. Um, the, uh, uh, independent bookshop in uh, uh, the late would be very helpful to me, Sam Reed, the bookseller in, in Grasmere. They've got a fantastic service by their online site. Um, so they're another one to consider for making the purchases. They, both of them, this publisher and the bookshop, have been very helpful to me getting this book out and about, which has been difficult, to be honest, in this particularly difficult time. Um, so thanks to both of them. Fantastic. Well, I'll put links to those in the film description below. So go there first. Um, I'll do them just after we end the live broadcast. So go there first. And this will be a podcast as well. Oh, is it going to be an audio book? We had a question about that. Is the book going to be an audio book? Um, I, I haven't actually done audio books for any of the books yet, so it's, it's something I might consider. It's not necessarily in my hands. It might be something the publisher thinks or doesn't think is a, is a worthwhile uh, fact to take. So well, thanks for the, the thought, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly look at it. Yeah, because a lot of runners will be wanting to read it. So like people are really into listening to podcasts on the run now, so listening to books on the run. Um, it's a great way to digest that kind of information. They are all Kindle versions, by the way, so all four of them are Kindle versions. Yeah. As well. Okay, brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so much, Steve. I'll leave you to celebrate further. Are you going off out for some beers now well, and celebrate? Because Moira and I are going out for a celebrating meal tonight for the launch of the book with two very good friends of mine from the running club. So, uh, uh, I'm, yes, I'm celebrating and I'm dressed for it. So. But it's really big. I really thank you for having us on and uh, facilitating this because it's just been good. With the difficulty of not being able to hold a normal one, having this, I hope, has got the message out and people hopefully have enjoyed it. Yeah, I think everybody's enjoyed it very much. So thank you so much, Steve. And we'll say good night to everybody now. Good night, everybody.
Cheers. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails. You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.